Hi, this is Mike Carswell, Director of Scranton Road Promotional Marketing, and you're listening to Dream Chasers, Interviews with the Future. What is my favorite thing about Phoebe, Kansas City? I would have to say just getting around like-minded individuals that are working to the same degree um, of a goal that everybody is trying to accomplish, trying to better themselves, trying to better them fa- their families, and they're just good people that have awesome values in life. And being around that energy fills my cup up so full that I can go out there, I can press through all the hard times. This is Dream Chasers, episode 82, with Logan Freeman. Hey guys, what's going on? I'm Adam Carswell, and welcome to Dream Chasers, interviews with the future. On Dream Chasers, we interview individuals with supernatural amounts of potential based on early success in their careers. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's get straight to the interview. Hey guys, this is Adam Carswell, and today I'm joined by Logan Freeman. Logan is the founder of Phoebe, F-I-B-I, which is for investors by investors in Kansas City, Missouri. He's originally from Jefferson City, Missouri went to the University of Central Missouri in Warrensburg, and now lives, Logan now lives in Kansas City. Logan, thank you for coming on the show, and do you have any opening remarks for my listeners? Thanks for having me, Adam. I'm energized, thriving, and focused today. Excited to try to add some value. Perfect. I'm sure you will. There there won't be any trying today, right? (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I first discovered Logan. um, It was kind of a a hybrid discovery. It was through LinkedIn. um, And normally when I receive a message from someone uh, on LinkedIn, and this is nothing you'll get to know as we get to know Logan throughout the call, nothing against Logan, but I'll, I'll normally just ignore it. But then I noticed in his headline, it said that he was associated with Phoebe, for investors, by investors. And I said to myself, oh, wait, I might actually know this guy or actually know some people that we have mutual connections. So uh, we hopped on the phone yep. and, and got to know each other. And you know, next thing you know, we're here, but Logan, uh, you know, based on what I just shared you know, I want to open it up to you here real quick to kind of introduce yourself and, and follow up with any thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. I, I work on, I work on my LinkedIn profile a lot because of that. And, you know, I think that you, you never have a second chance for a first impression. And so to cut through the noise out there and, and to really, grab people's attention. You have to uh, be bold and you have to be uh, upfront with what you're, what you're trying to do. And so I'm sure the message that, that I sent to you was, was just to the point and straight and clear. And, you know, I have a LinkedIn rule. This might be a good tip for your listeners. If I see somebody post on things that are on my timeline on LinkedIn more than three times, I have to reach out to them. Okay. And so I kept seeing, yeah, I kept seeing you uh, pop up on things that uh, I was following. Maybe I had commented, like, you know, through either mutual connections and I said, okay, well, we are not connected yet. So uh, it's my goal to, to try to become connected. So, you know, a tip would be if you guys are scrolling through those, those, uh, through your news feeds on, on LinkedIn and you keep seeing somebody's face, um, you know, reach out to them and see what they're doing. See if there's a collaboration opportunity. I have found more people that way than um, I can I can say it's it's really not a cold lead at that time anymore. A cold touch. It's more of warm, a warm touch because um, there's already a mutual connection somehow, or it wouldn't be in your LinkedIn feed. And uh, Adam, I'm pretty sure that's why I reached out to you. Yeah. Well, thank you for sh- <clears throat> for sharing that because that does help give me a new perspective on reaching out to others as well. And then also I'd say it's reassuring to me, 
you know, everyone listening, Logan, I, I know you're very comfortable with doing this as well, but consistently posting on platforms like that, especially LinkedIn is a good way to, to, you know, keep your face out there. And I know for me, sometimes it's like, who's, who's watching me? I don't know, <laughs> but I know you are Logan. Yep. So thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. am. I watched your video. You were working out the other day. I can't remember. I think you were dancing actually. And <laughs> uh, pretty accurate. I loved it, man. I was like, man, this guy's got energy. He's got enthusiasm. He's got drive. And so that shows through, look, there is no resumes anymore. Uh, your resume is your online presence. And so, uh, you know, if you're out there trying to connect with people, uh, what they're going to go look at is your LinkedIn page and how active you've been and how articulate you are and, and what you're posting and things like that. And so having a consistent brand across all channels is, is very important uh, for, for people to feel comfortable with, with reaching out or talking to you. I had a call yesterday with a gentleman and he went on my webpage and, and uh, my gosh, I just said webpage. I might be dating <laughs> myself. I'm not that old website. And he said, uh, man, I watched your videos and, and I was excited to, to talk with you, but I feel like I already know you. That's what I'm trying to accomplish. Um, and, and again, people have no problem liking and trusting me once they get to know me. But what's, what's the third thing? People have to know you and you have to be out there in front of people. Like it or not, if you want to grow a business, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're an entrepreneur or a solopreneur, whatever it is, real estate professional, uh, aspiring investor, you have to be known by people. If, if they like you and trust you, that's great, but they still have to know you. And um, right now, Grant Cardone would say that is the best time of, of anybody's career to be able to be wide, widespreadly known uh, with, with the least amount of effort utilizing social media and digital marketing. So it's something that I'm putting a lot of time, effort and energy and dollars behind to try to figure out for myself. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing all of that. I know as I go back through this interview and just re-listen to it, I'm going to take a lot of what you just shared and reapply it to my life as well. So thank you for emphasizing that. Shifting gears here back to uh, Phoebe for investors, by investors, for, you know, for everyone listening right now, this is an amazing group of sophisticated investors that originally started or originated in Southern California and were incredibly particular or picky or however you want to say it about branching out into other parts of the US or the world, etc. And so when I found out that they gave the green light to Logan here, who's on the call with us to start a Kansas City chapter, I first of all said to myself, wow, there must be something special going on here. So now with that being said, Logan, we are going to step into the next level chamber. When did you first realize that Phoebe in Kansas City was something that you wanted to take to the next level? You know, I reached out to a few other people. Um, Adam Adams is a guy who talks a lot about networking events and, and uh, has done really well with whatever his group is. And I can't remember where he's located. A lot of people were just out at his event in Denver, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure. But I called Adam and I said, hey, do you think I should uh, potentially start my own or leverage uh, maybe an already um, established group. And the last thing I wanted was a group that was just there to sell programs. And, you know, unfortunately I'm not, you know, I'm not in the business, not unfortunately, I'm not in the business of mentoring. I'm not in the business of selling people coaching. Uh, I'm in the business of helping people get passive income delivered to them every single month. 
And so I wanted, I started researching and talking with people and meeting with people, telling them my idea about a meetup group. And if you get on meetup.org, there's so many, so many different uh, already established real estate groups, but I could tell they had one leader and there was all of these followers. That's not what I was looking for. I was looking for a collaborative group of people that could come together and share best practices, network and do projects together. And I came across the gentleman here uh, who was with Think Realty at the time, who Phoebe has a, or FIBI, depending on who, who you ask mm-hmm. how to say that, had a good re- relationship with. And he said, hey, I've had some exposure to this group. You should take a look at it. I said, we'll set up a call. And so I set up a call with one of the, the original organizers and I read through the bylaws and the rules and the regulations. And I said, this is exactly what uh, I want to do. I've been a part of groups that you know, really are focused on building businesses with, you know, handing out your business card and stuff like that. That's not allowed unless it's organic at FIBI. And that's very important because we're not trying to solicit business. We're trying to collaborate. And it's a very different feel when you walk into our events than it is if you walk into a lunch and learn with one presenter. And at the end of the day, uh, you have to give them your business card or (laughs) vice versa. So uh, this happened uh, probably about six months ago, uh, whenever I started to kind of try to figure this, this process out. And then I, I met the guys at FIBI and, and John Wiley was a part of that here. And, and uh, I said, I think we should start up a chapter here. And then uh, the next month we had it going. Yep. And you just referenced John Wiley. I know. Um, so I'm, I did know John. I met John prior uh, to meeting you last year at the Intelligent Investors Real Estate Conference in Los Angeles, which is also approaching here shortly. It's around the corner January 2020. So for any intelligent investors or anyone really interested in commercial real estate investing that's listening, definitely stay tuned because Logan's, uh, you know, that's, that's the direction we're going to encourage you to head after listening to this interview. But, um, and that's funny, you know, we just talked about no sales pitches. I don't know if that counts, but that's what I love about being (laughs) at that conference last year. Uh, you just reinforced it with Phoebe's focus. You know, it's an environment, it's a group of people that get together to get to know each other. You know, that's like the Absolutely. main focus. Yep. And so um, how have you seen, seen that with the, you know, the inception or the early growth of the group that you're building? You know, you, we are so in, we're in such an infancy age that, you know, it's really important for us to just build um, what I'll call maybe just like a, a culture but in, in, in the group. And so, you know, it's been, it's been fun to watch all of the people that I work with from the, you know, even from my referral business with the single family homes and things like that, come and meet, you know, somebody who owns 800 units and, and how they made the jump and where they got started. Uh, but we're really just, we're almost, we've had about six or seven meetings now and we have our regular people. We have about 50 or 55 regular attendees, which is really great for, for kind of a, a first time. I mean, our first event had 75 people at it, which was which was incredible for a first for a first group, and so we've really just been trying to build that goodwill. Um, we've been bringing in great panelists, doing roundtables for real investors in the local market, and um, the collaboration that I have seen um, out of this has been wonderful. Um, I was sitting at the bar with uh, we had we had an event about two weeks ago, and I was sitting at the bar with one of uh, the regular guys that uh, comes, and his name's Rich, and I said, Rich, what are you working on, man? And, and Rich was like. Well, believe it or not, since you connected me to Colin, uh, we are working on our first deal together. And I just thought that was so cool because Colin was a, 
one of our panelists a couple weeks back and Rich went up and I made an introduction and, and now they're doing some business together, which is, which is really great. So, um, you know, but we're so infant that we're, I'm just trying to take the pulse of where people are at, how it's, how it's coming along. I'm getting feedback every week, which is really great. And, uh, you know, you would be surprised too to know that the event space that you have is so important to the culture of your group. And so um, having a really great uh, area for people to feel comfortable in is super important. Maybe having some adult libations is always uh, a nice thing to have as well. But I had to figure out the mechanics of that from the, from the get-go because finding these rooms in restaurants and in and event centers is not cheap. And so that was a whole another piece of this whole puzzle as right. well. So we've got some great contributors uh, from that standpoint and some awesome sponsors that show up every single week to, to help our group grow. And uh, I can only see that this thing that it's going to continue to, to branch out. We're actually having to change locations now because we've gotten a little bit too big. Too big is in this, in this point is always a good thing. I would agree. And going back more to your experience, just within real estate at large, you know, that's another thing that I know anyone who is kind of on the, uh, the original throne, no, the throne's not the right word, but the, the originators of Phoebe, right? They definitely want to make sure anyone that they're handing the keys to is sophisticated and experienced. So if you wouldn't mind sharing us a little bit about your background as well and you know, what kind of brought you to where you're at today. Absolutely. Happy to do that. And I'll try to keep it short, but in 2014, I had what I call a decision point or a turning point in my life. I was cut from the Oakland Raiders uh, NFL football team. I had a decision to go back to school, finish my master's degree. And at that point, I also lost my father to drugs and alcohol, uh, which turned me back into my faith and, and personal development. And that's when I came across that little purple book from Robert Kiyosaki. And I said, hmm, they didn't teach me this in, in my uh, master's program. And so I started buying rentals. Um, I had, I had I'd been working for, you know, almost 10 years. Yeah, for at that point, uh, I was 14 when I got my first job. So I've been putting money away. I'm, I'm the only 15 year old that I know that that uh, opened a Roth IRA when he was 15 <laughs> years old and maxed it out my first my first five or 10 years. So I had some money to play with. Um, you know, and, and when my dad passed away, uh, I had a little bit of an inheritance and I really wanted to use that money to kind of uh, make more income. And so I started to realize that uh, instead of just sitting it in the stock market, I could go make money in real estate. And that's when I started buying single family homes in Kansas City using the FHA two and a half percent down. I would move into them. I would uh, be the general contractor on them. I have some construction experience. I would put a roommate in them to pay my mortgage. And then in two years, I would flip it with zero capital gains. And I was doing that in Kansas City for uh, about four or five years. And then I, I decided finally, after a few different jobs, um, I had another decision point in my life where I was actually fired from my last job. And that's when I went full-time into uh, real estate. But I had the the hair wired idea to go start a consulting company at the same time. And I did do that for about six months. I realized that real estate was the right vehicle for me. I uh, closed down the, the consulting business and, and uh, continued to, to do real estate full time. And, and uh, it was great because I, I was able to get into, um, I, I was a head of acquisition for about a $45 million fund here in Kansas city. And uh, we bought 225 doors for those guys. 
um, did all the renovations, leased them all up, uh, managed all those properties, and uh, did a big Corvest portfolio refinance for them. And what that showed me, Adam, was that the two sponsors of that fund were the guys that were really making the money. Mm-hmm. And, um, or was really benefiting from it. Now their investors were too, but I said, well, what do those two guys do? And I started to realize that they had syndicated all that money. I didn't even know what syndicated word that word meant. And so I started studying, educating myself, flying around the country, going to events, hired, hired Michael Blanc as a, as a coach, went through his program and said, uh, this is what I want to do. And so I moved my license over to a commercial brokerage I, I've been doing, you know, the commercial real estate for a little over, from a brokerage standpoint, a little over a year now, and I've uh, been doing syndicated deals for the last year as well. And uh, happy to say that we've done a couple hotels. Um, we're closing on another apartment complex this month and have another 115 under contract now as well. So uh, that's, that's a little bit of a kind of a, a background of, of, of how I got into real estate and kind of where it's taken me so far. Yeah. And you've, it seems like you followed a traditional path that I think a lot of us have gone down in regards to learning what real estate can do for an individual. Um, especially once you start getting into syndications for any, any of my listeners right now that, you know, have this vision that they want to be the next HGTV home flipper, because that, you know, that is what real estate is to some people, right? How can you paint a more clear picture for someone on what syndication is and why, that might be an even more advantageous way to go if you want to get into real estate. So the reason I got into, um, I had I read a book called The Millionaire's Fast Lane, and that was by MJ DeMarco, probably the best business book I've ever read. He has the five commandments of a successful business, and it is an acronym. I'm a totally, I'm an acronym guy out the, out the wazoo, but it's a business needs to have a solid need. It needs to have a high barrier of entry, you have to have control of it. You have to be able to scale it and you have to be able to, to, to claim, reclaim your time up from it by putting in people or processes. And so I realized that, you know, even though I was making great money and having a lot of experience on the smaller multifamily and single family side, uh, that, that business for me, it didn't hit any of those five, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there was a very low barrier of entry. I had zero control of it. I couldn't scale it because uh, my time was was tied to the dollars that I was bringing in. For example, to buy 125 properties in less than 12 months, I had to look at over 500 properties. We had to make offers on over 400 of those properties. And so that is me physically going to properties, evaluating the rehab, and um, sending them out to our to our investors. So I looked at that and said, well, what if I did properties that had 100 plus doors under one, or, you know, maybe it's a a hotel or a commercial mixed use building, but either way, larger transaction size, larger dollars, more return on my time. And then I figured out how to, how to, to actually approach those transactions and started filling um, the different uh, variables up for the equation that, that I needed to, to solve for. So what I mean by that is simply if I, everybody thinks about a big property, okay, there's, there's can be scary for people, but if you put yourself around the right individuals who that's what they've been doing for the last five, 10, 15 years, you can exponentially increase and, or sorry, decrease your learning curve by spending time with those individuals. And that's exactly what I did 
And um, I was able to start to see the power of doing larger transactions. And I figured out, okay, well, what's the, what's holding people back from doing larger transactions? Well, typically it's the funds or it's getting a loan or finding the properties. And so those three things, that's exactly what I do for people. Now I find the money, I find the properties and I find the operational partners. Those three things I solve for those. And that's how I help uh, individuals. And that's why I stayed in that syndication game as well as moving to the commercial broker side. Perfect. I love it. Well said. And Logan, we're getting ready to close it out, but I got three fun questions for you here. Let's do it. The first one is, what is your favorite vacation destination? Second question is, what has your favorite deal of all time been? And then your third question is, what is your favorite aspect about Phoebe, Kansas City? First question was my favorite vacation spot. Well, I have a little eight-month-old baby, so we haven't been able to travel the world, so to speak, like we would like to. So I'm hoping that I haven't visited my favorite vacation spot, but that's not a good answer. The best answer I would say, tell you is probably New Orleans, in um, obviously in Louisiana. Yeah. Uh, it's where my wife and I got engaged. I've been there a few times, and I love the culture, I love the people, and I love the food. So that's probably my favorite vacation spot. Um, certain parts of the month so, or the year so you don't get roasted while you're down there. But <laughs> New Orleans is going to be my answer today. Um, second question was favorite deal. my favorite deal. I'm going to say it's my first syndicated deal, Adam. It's probably not the, the best answer, but I think that for me, that opened up so many new pathways for me to get into this larger, what I'll call equity um, raising role as well as doing bigger transactions. It opened my eyes to the possibilities. So my first deal was a bed and breakfast hotel on the Kansas City Country Club Plaza of a 15 room building and it, the transaction size was right around $3 million. And it pressed me harder than I've ever been pressed before. I never raised capital before. And I'm not sure if you've heard a lot of people, but they don't really invest in bed and breakfast hotels. Well, try to go raise money for, for that. And after <laughs> I proved myself that I could do that, it opened me up to endless possibilities. So that's my favorite transaction answer. Nice. And the third question, what is my favorite thing about Phoebe, Kansas City? I would have to say, just getting around like-minded individuals that are working to the same degree um, of a goal that everybody is trying to accomplish, trying to better themselves, trying to better them fa their families, and they're just good people that have awesome values in life. And being around that energy fills my cup up so full that I can go out there, I can press through all the hard times. I love it, man. Well, you, I feel like those are three questions that I just randomly pulled, but it sounds like you've answered those before. I have not, but I, <laughs> have, I, have, I have been able to get my thoughts put into a clear, concise, and compelling way that you have to in the world that I'm in. If you can't, then, well, I don't, I don't know. You probably shouldn't <laughs> try to do what I try to do, right? So that's, you have to be able to think on your feet, and you have to be able to articulate your thoughts. I love it. Logan, what's the best way for any of my listeners to, uh, I'll say the single best way for my listeners to follow up and get in touch with you if they have any questions. My website is the best way. There's a contact us form all over it. And so it's just livefreeinvestments.com. All right. I like that. Good, good, uh, good way to use your name there, right? Right. That's, that's why I hate when people, I don't hate, sorry, that's a, that's a very negative word. <laughs> I, it always bugs me when people say, 
oh, is your website uh, live free investments? And I'm like, really? <laughs> Read that just a little bit closer, please. <laughs> live free. Come on. So I don't know how to convince people to, to read it as live free investments instead of live free investments, but either way, you know, it works. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm, I don't know. I'm living free. So I noticed that one immediately. I love that. Yep. All right. Thank you once again, Logan, for coming on Dream Chasers. Any final remarks before we get out of here? You know what? I think I just did a, a 10X book review. Uh, so it's a book that I read every quarter. You know, I think that if I could just tell people that uh, you either are, well, here, here it is. It's uh, be obsessed or be average and then be great because nothing else pays. And those things are right from Grant Cardone's lips, but I try to steal them every moment that I can. So um, those two things that I would tell people, that, you know, would, would be what I would want to leave with people. Be obsessed or be average and be great because nothing else pays. Perfect. Thank you. Guys, thank you for tuning into Dream Chasers, Interviews with the Future. We'll catch you in the next episode. Remember, in all you think, say, and do, take it to the next level. <laughs>